Welcome back to the Sower Seeds Podcast with John Straza, a teaching ministry that will firmly root you in the gospel of God's truth and love. And now, here's John. Hey, this is John Straza, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast, and welcome today. We have a special episode. We're going to be in Psalm 91 today, and I'm excited about it because uh, there's a lot in here that we can go into, and I'm just trusting the Lord to just direct us exactly the way he wants to. This is an amazing scripture. Um, so we'll be in Psalm 91. Um, I just first, before we get in, it wanted to say uh, we see that people are really listening to this podcast, all different episodes from the last few weeks and months. In every week we see some of this, and it's it's really good. It's what we were hoping that you wouldn't just listen to the last episode and then just move on. People are really looking back at episodes that uh, they need. You know, they want to hear something about the gospel or something um, that we were talking about specifically. And um, we encourage you to do that, to go back and scroll back. However you're listening, you can scroll back and listen to any episode you want. So check out the titles and see what appeals to you right now and go ahead and just listen to your heart's content. We're glad to see that. So thank you. That's awesome. Um, but today, again, we're going to be in Psalm 91 and, and I'm going to read out of two very literal versions of the Bible. One is the NSAB and the other one is the King James. These are really literal translations and I like almost all the translations in Psalm 91. So whatever you're reading, it's fine. Uh, just follow along. Um, but I just encourage you to read the entire psalm if we don't go over it today, because I believe it's really relevant. Um, it's always relevant, but right now in the world, this psalm is really relevant. There's a lot of trouble in the world, and the Lord doesn't want us focusing on that trouble. You know, we, we really get sidetracked and this psalm is very much about that. It's really a description of God's protection over his people. And I think that God's people feel vulnerable right now and in the world we, in which we live. And I have at times, I think we all have at times, and or if not vulnerable, just feeling discouraged. And this scripture really addresses it. It really does. And this also, I want to encourage you on this level too. Psalm 91 is a very popular and well-known scripture. But I want to take you a little bit deeper than this just being kind of a nice metaphor, allegory kind of thing. And it's just nice. Oh, isn't that nice? And, you know, with a little emotional uplift. No, this is real. Psalm 91 is real. All of God's word is real. So let's think about that today. So let's get right into it. And just, this is God's word. Okay. So let's dig right in. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Psalm 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. I'm just going to stop right there for a minute. This is a conditional psalm. It's a conditional prayer in a way where he starts out and says, 
he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. It's, it's a statement saying that he who dwells there in the shelter of the Most High in God will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He's setting a stage here. It's conditional. The rest of this psalm is conditional upon dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. And the word dwelling there, really, it's a deep word. It, it means to stay. In Hebrew, it's, it's meaning to remain permanently. It's not kind of an in and out thing. It's he who dwells there, lives there, stays there. And you have to picture this. This is important because this is where we're starting out here. This entire psalm is starting out painting the picture. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide. Again, there's another word, abide, meaning we're staying. We're staying permanently. Again, in, in the Hebrew there, that word abide is a permanent place. You're staying there. This is where you are. And one of the questions that the Lord put in my heart to ask, where do you live spiritually? Where is your heart? And it's a good question to ask yourself because that's what this is about. Where is your heart? Is your heart all over the place? You know, do you live kind of in and out of God's presence? Because then you're kind of coming and going. And this is not painting that picture at all. This is saying, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He'll, he'll be in this place, a shadow that's protecting and hiding you. It's kind of a secret place. In fact, uh, the King James puts it that way. Let me read it from there. This is why I have both versions in front of me. He that dwelleth, I'll, I'll take the Old English out. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, see that, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. They're very similar, but one says shelter and the other says secret place. They mean both. In Hebrew, they mean both. They're both perfectly good translations. And they're both very helpful. And so you're in this shelter and in this secret place. It's hidden. And we live there. We pray there. We study there. We walk there. When we go out, God is surrounding us. When we go to our work, we don't leave God. God is in us. John 15 talks about this. He's saying, he who abides in me and, and I in him. Read John 15, you'll see the same thing, abiding in the vine. And that's what this psalm is starting out with. It's painting the picture that we dwell there and we dwell there all the time. We live there. We abide there. It's really important, brothers and sisters, to, to catch this. I'm spending a little time on it because it may be the most important aspect of this message right now. Where do you live spiritually? Where is your heart? You know, when you go through your day, do you understand or comprehend that God is in you permanently? He's in you. He's not coming and going. And you abide, you know, when, when you look at John 15, even it's talking about being totally locked in. You're a branch in this vine and it's permanent. Your life source is God. It's all the time. You wouldn't disconnect your own natural heart on and off. It's permanent. Your heart is connected to you permanently through your whole life, your natural heart. It's the same thing here. It's a spiritual connection. He, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You're one. And he wants you to know that and see that and live that way. It changes everything. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is very powerful. And I'm going about this, this way to help you treat 
the word of God differently than just kind of a nice little metaphor that you read this morning in your 15 minute thing. And, and then you just go about your day. It's so much more. This is life. And this changes the way you perceive and understand God and what he's showing you here. He's showing you that if you live there, that you will abide in this safety. And then the rest of the Psalm starts to make sense. Verse two, he's saying, I will say of the Lord. This is important. I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my fortress in God whom I trust. This is explaining verse one in a way, the practical application of verse one. This is what we do when we're abiding in the shelter of the most high, when we are hiding in a secret place, we're saying the Lord is my refuge. He's my fortress. A fortress is, is this place that can't be broken down. It's got walls that cannot be broken down by an enemy. And that's what this is about. This whole psalm is about being delivered and protected from spiritual enemies. He's saying, my God in whom I trust. And then he starts in verse three, starts to explain. And he's saying, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the fowler or a trapper. Somebody who traps, sets a trap. And from the deadly pestilence. Pestilence is really a, it's a plague. The word also means thorns, but we're talking about plagues here through most of this psalm. And it's really important. So he's saying he delivers you from that. Verse three, that's what it's saying. Verse four, he will cover you with his pinions. That's feathers. King James says it that way. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings and will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield. It's saying that his faithfulness is that shield. That's saying that when God says he'll do something, he'll do something. And look at this, look at verse five and how it, this applies not only to back then, but right now. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or for the hour that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not approach you. King James says, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you see the recompense or the reward of the wicked. And verse nine, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling. And I will go another verse here too. I didn't expect to go this far. So I'm just going to keep just following the Lord. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, will you trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. This is God talking. He's talking about you. This is verse 15. He, meaning you, will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. This is God talking about you. He's saying this about you. Look at verse 14. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. You love God. You do. The enemy will tell you you don't, but you do. When you receive the Lord into your life, that was a love relationship that got started. Do you love him as much as you ever could or could you grow in love? Yeah, you can grow in love, but you love him. 
Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, oh, well, you, you're not that loving. No, you love God. Why don't you just say it to yourself right now? I do love you, Lord. I love you. I want to grow in my love, but I do love you. And you know, that's why he came. That's why he sent Jesus. This points straight forward to Jesus. This is how this operates in your life now. And he says, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. This is truth, brothers and sisters. It's truth. I was looking at verse 11 here before, and I was thinking, uh, which says that he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways and how they'll bear you up in their hands. And I was thinking about Elijah when he went out. Um, the king of Aram was against Israel. This is in 2 Kings. I'm not going to go into it. It's just Elijah was protecting the king of Israel with words of warning where to go and what to do because of evil kings that were against him. But it was the king of Aram. Aram was against him. And, and the king of Aram was like infuriated that Israel was always a step ahead of them. And he was asking why. It was Elijah was the one who was seeing what the king, uh, evil king was saying. And he was, and he was letting the king of Israel know. And that king sent people out against Elijah to get him. So there's Elijah with a young boy with him. They're out and, and, and this major army is, is surrounding him on a hillside to take him. And the young boy said, Alas, my master, what should we do? And Elijah said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And if you know that story, they won the day. Elijah won the day. And I'm only saying all that to say that was a spiritual insight that Elijah had. He saw it. It was real to him. He wasn't worried that there were several hundred, if not thousands of men standing there against him alone. It didn't bother him because he saw the spiritual truth of God's ways. And that's what Psalm 91 is about. These are spiritual truths. This is why I asked you in the beginning, where do you live spiritually? How do you see things? And it's not to condemn you. It's to challenge you. It's okay to be challenged, brothers and sisters. I know a lot of people just don't like it. If you want to get good at something or clear at something, find out from somebody who knows better than you. And this is what this scripture is. This scripture knows better than all of us. We take our point from God's word, even if it is challenging. We all have to do that. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's the key here. Where do we dwell? Where do we live? Where do we spend our time? Do we spend it looking at news or in social media or just work? Or is that all there is? God's word is real. And right now in the world in which you live, and it has always been, but more than ever, God's word is what we will depend on. That's how we live. That's how we have this victory. That's how we have this protection. That's how we will see, like in verse 7, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not approach you. Why? Because you are abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. You are dwelling under his wings, under his shelter. I hope that this has 
making sense because I'm not necessarily teaching verse by verse through Psalm 91. You know, I was kind of introduced to Psalm 91. This is a testimony in a very big way. It's meaning, it just became alive the morning that one of my daughters was in a terrible, deadly car accident. And I've spoken about this before. Maybe I'll play the testimony of it one day in full in one of these episodes. Some people do know the story, and many do, actually. But she was taken out of a car that hit her so horribly that pretty much for dead. They did revive her, but it was, by all accounts, with no good prognosis. And they took her to the hospital, and they did brain surgery, and they took... It was terrible. And when I got there, uh, some amazing things happened. And I won't go into that, because that's not what this particular episode is about. But I went in with a, a friend. He was a new friend, a new acquaintance at that point, who just wanted to pray. He was a minister. He's got a prison ministry at Rikers Island in different places. And he pulled a phone out and with he had Psalm 91. And he stood at my daughter's bed at the foot of the bed and sang the psalm. And he incorporated her name in different places to personalize it for her. And her name is Heather. She's alive and well and God gave us one miracle after another, but he would, he would pray and he would say, Heather, who dwells in the sh shelter of the Most High, will abide in she, He made it personal. He sang it. And when he was finished, he was so full of joy and excitement. He said, God's hearing this prayer. And if I were to tell you the rest of the story, you would, you would see, yes, absolutely. We saw miracles, major miracles. It's so real. It's almost as if it's more important to tell you that than to go through the psalm itself. This is real. As you read this, certain parts of this are going to lift off the page, so to speak, and, and reach your heart because that's what you need. This scripture is important. It really is. This is important for these times. I encourage you, read Psalm 91 again and again and get it in your heart and believe it as something more than just a metaphor. Read it as it's real, because it is. It's saying if you dwell in God, that he's your fortress, he's your protection. He's saying a thousand will fall at your, at your side and 10,000 at the other, but it won't come near you. No plague. You know, this whole nation, this whole world has been dealing with this COVID thing. This was an attack on the world. This was a spiritual attack and people are afraid. And this is saying no plague. Verse 10, no evil will befall you. Why? Because you dwell in the shelter of the Almighty. You're dwelling in his secret place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent or your dwelling. That's what it says. And most people are like, well, how could that be? People are getting sick. That's because they haven't perfected dwelling in the Lord. Isaiah 26, I believe it's verse 3, says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. It's a staying, dwelling. It's living there, living God's word. And that does not mean spend all your time at home reading. That's not what that's saying. Get it in your heart and keep it with you all the time. Jesus didn't walk around with scrolls in his hand reading all day long. He put the word in his heart. The disciples, when they were going about from village to village, they, they weren't dragging scrolls around and Bibles around. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take your Bible with you. Take it. But I'm just saying they didn't have that in the first church. They didn't even have the New Testament 
uh, letters and gospels that we have now. They had to learn how to remember God's word. It was a way of life. They didn't get to go to the scroll store and buy a scroll so they could all, you know, have the book of Isaiah. And the, some of them had access to them, but it was not every house and every, you know, like we have today. We got three Bibles in every house. That's not the way it was then. Their way of life was they read the word and they listened to the word and they remembered it. And this is what I'm asking you to do today. It's what the Lord is asking. Get the word in your heart. That's why we call this podcast The Sower's Seeds. It's, it's got to be planted in your heart and grow. Let Psalm 91 be a priority to plant in your heart. It's saying that we won't be afraid. Not at night, during the day, nothing. Not for the pestilence that's all around. It doesn't matter. He will protect you. And I know a lot of people just don't believe it. And we get to a place, if we stay in the presence of God, where we will believe it. Look at verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in what? In whom I trust. Is that real or not? And that's why I'm saying this is not some just little nice emotional little thing you read. This is real and it's exciting. This is to encourage you to dive in this thing deeper than you've ever done before and Get this verse and anything else the Lord is showing you. Dig in the word and hold on to it. More than ever, brothers and sisters, we live in a time where the word of God has to be something you have good grasp on, a good hold that's solidly and deeply planted in your heart. You will need this. Every believer will need this. And I don't mean just Psalm 91. I mean the concept of getting God's word in your heart more deeply than ever. This is a strong encouragement today. I know. And if it feels challenging, then feel challenged. That's okay. Take the challenge. And bit by bit, day by day, step by step, it's good. This is good. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's powerful. That is just powerful. And I, and I want to read the end to you too, because uh, verse 14, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. That means we are calling upon him. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. There's plenty of that out there. I will rescue him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. This is powerful, brothers and sisters. It really is. There's so much here. I think we could take a week and talk about this straight, straight through. There's so much here and so much of it is, is applying to what we're seeing today in our lives. This is really relevant. Don't see it as an Old Testament, you know, relic from the past. No, this is a living word of God. This is alive today. But this is really an encouragement in so many ways. Trust God for the things you're going through. Don't be afraid. It's saying that in verse 5. I guess the Holy Spirit's still just encouraging you. Look at verse 5. You will not be afraid for the terror by night. That's not the will of God to be afraid. And he's painting a picture here in a really terrible situation. You got terror by night and arrows by day. 
and pestilence that stalks in darkness and destruction that lays waste at noon. These are terrible things that he's showing here. And he's saying you will be just fine. A thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. That's verse seven. And it will not approach you. You'll see it with your eyes. Yes, but nothing's coming near you. Nothing's coming in you. It may be around you, but not in you. No evil will befall you. That's what it means, verse 10. It's not coming in because you've made the Lord, verse 9, your refuge, your dwelling place. That's why. Verse 9 is a reason for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. And no plagues coming near your home or your tent. There's stories in history of, of ministers living in times of plague and they would go to the edge of their city and they would, they would proclaim this one verse and that plague would stop right at that edge of that city and did not come in. Brothers and sisters, this is a growing process. We don't get it perfectly all the time. This is something that we have to learn, but these are promises. And verse one is the key, dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. And verse 9 is, is saying the same thing. For you are, have made the Lord your dwelling place. This is key. That's step one. Make the Lord your dwelling place. That's where you live. You live in him. Paul spoke about it all the time. Christ lives within me. So brothers and sisters, I, I will leave it there right now. This is an encouragement to take a step-by-step -step approach to just getting closer to God, getting in his word and getting his words in you. It's really what this is about. We're in the shelter of the Almighty. We are under his wings. We are in his presence. It's so good. There's so much here. So brothers and sisters, thank you for spending time with us today. I hope that this message encourages you in the Lord to get in his presence and to get in his word and spend quality time there and just grow. His word is freedom. His word is life. And truth sets us free. And truth sets us free from fear. I'm seeing that a lot here, that the Lord does not want us to live in anxiety and fear and depression. And that's what this is so much about. So I encourage you really dig in deep. And we will see you next week. God bless you.